Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Underground, everybody. It is another episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 334. KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios as the Sixers just tipped off for game five without Joel Embiid. Nothing new with uh, just injury designations, Daryl Morey being cryptic about them. Uh, Hopefully, Joel will be okay. We'll get into that. We'll get into this game against the Wizards. The future of this Sixers playoff run and a whole lot more. But before we get started, of course, this podcast would not be possible without our awesome local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. Summer is right here we are in the month of june first episode in the month of june here in 2021 you got to protect those eyes when you're outside go to our friends at tomahawk shades you'd be silly not to they got the sunglasses the blue light glasses everything in between go to tomahawkshades.com fill up your cart and when you go to checkout use our code usp to get 25 percent off your order at tomahawkshades.com Thank you to our friends at Tomahawk Shades for making sure that our listeners are styling and profiling all summer long. And of course, our friends at Manscaped also sponsoring this podcast. The Lawnmower 4.0 is here. It's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. If you go to manscaped.com right now, fill up your cart, get the Lawnmower 4.0, all their new performance packages, the crop mops. The new Lawnmower 4.0 has an adjustable blade on it. It's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. So when you go to check out after you get everything you need for all of your grooming needs, use our code USP to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And Matt, I uh, I took a trip to our friends at Stateside Vodka today. So let's see if this let's see if this gets the people going right here. Oh, there it is. The sound of summer. The drink of the summer is going to be the Stateside Vodka sodas. They are here. They look incredible. And uh, we're dishing some out for some people to uh, taste test for us. And we got some here at the studio as well. They got the black cherry, the orange, the pineapple, and the the lemon cucumber mint is the one that when I tell people about it, it gets their attention. So you got to get in on it now. Statesidevodka.com. Get the vodka sodas. Get all your barware, everything you need for this summer. And uh, when you... When you get those one liter bottles, you can also use our discount code USP to get 10% off those bad boys. It's seven times distilled, certified gluten-free, it's kosher, all that good stuff. And it's got electrolytes, so you're staying hydrated while drinking stateside. The vodka sodas, 95 calories, two carbs. It's the best in the game. And of course, guys, you must be 21 or older to purchase, and please drink responsibly. And we also have a new sponsor, Matt. New sponsor on board, still in the alcohol game. 
our friends at Kenwood Beer decided to uh, come underground, and they are new, a new sponsor of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Very excited to have Kenwood on board with us. They have the Kenny Tracker on their website, so you can find where to get your Kenwood beer. Uh, very pumped for them to uh, get on board with us starting this summer. You know, you got those light loggers out there, the big brand names, but why would you not go with one that's right in your backyard? Kenwood beer crafted, made right here in, you know, Philadelphia area, right in Philadelphia. So get on board with our friends at Kenwood beer, go support the boys and uh, very excited to have Kenwood beer on board with us heading into the summer months. But let's get into this Sixers team. And of course the big news, Joel Embiid, the meniscus. I just don't know what to think anymore. All around me are familiar faces. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> it's it just sucks. The worst. Uh, we watched that game. We watched Joel go down, hurt, and we both gave each other a glance <laughs> nervously because we saw him <laughs> saw him grab his hip, double over in pain, walk off the floor. Uh, Immediately, I was nervous when he went back, and then when they said uh, Daryl Morey went back and Elton Brand went back, like that's just never good. It's never good when they like assemble the team to go back in the locker room and look at whatever injury is, um, because that means that there's at least some cause for concern, or it's taking long, and you know people are kind of interested in what's going on. And then, of course, you have the fiasco where their plane breaks down and they have to catch a bus, so. You know, you get even uh, more delayed updates. The MRI is later in the day. And the MRI initially is, like, just, like, very strange, very murky stuff. And it's just eerily quiet. And I think at that point, um, we knew that this this was not just, hey, he's fine. You know, he's going to be playing a game. Don't worry. It was clearly, like, there's something. Something happened. Something is wrong with him. There's there's clearly some kind of injury that they're they're assessing. And here it is, a a partially torn meniscus. The thing with the meniscus, not a doctor. <laughs> Gotta lead off from the very <laughs> stuff. This is just what I've read. And I mean, listen, this is not an un... Like, we hear all the time about people tearing meniscus is menisci. I don't know what the plural is. Again, I'm not a doctor. Uh, but this is not an uncommon injury. It's not like one you've never heard of, you know, if you've watched sports for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um and it can, you know, like everything it's else. happened to Joel before. Happened to Joel before. I remember Darren Sproles had a torn meniscus. Yep. That's been like the one. People are really hoping oh, for yeah. a Darren Sproles situation <laughs> where it's just a week later and he's fine. Um, listen, you know, like it can have, you can have different kind of grades and different kinds mm-hmm. of tears, more drastic ones. The fact that they're saying he's day-to-day is strange because I, it just day-to-day on a meniscus tear right off the bat just sounds bizarre. Um Competitive advantage runs in this city. Yeah, you, you really need that competitive advantage against the Wizards, I guess. Um, I I don't know. I it's it makes me really nervous because this is not ideal, obviously. No. But there's like just there's there's no clear answer for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no clear outline for like anyone to even speculate. They've just said that it's a small lateral tear on his meniscus, and that's it. And that's what you have to base everything on, and that he's day to day, and that they're gonna, you know, rehab him through PT and therapy and stuff. And you have to take the team at their word. This isn't, you know, I've seen people talk about like 2017 and that, like uh, the Colangelo crew let him run out against Houston in a game that he should have been playing in. Uh, but this is not those decision makers. Mm-hmm. I trust Daryl Morey with my life, and I 
I assume that he will make the correct call about what's best, and Joel will know what's best for him, and the doctors will hopefully know what's best for him. Which is why Joel's not playing tonight. Right, right, exactly. Um, I mean, this becomes like a huge fiasco, though, because if he needs surgery, then this sucks, and it's the worst way for your season to end because you're not you're not winning any more playoff series, I don't believe, without Joel Embiid. Uh, you, you, I, I don't think you're beating most likely the Hawks to come out of that Knicks series. Um, and you should, we should all be becoming Knicks fans because yes. I think the longer that series goes, only the better for us. I, I read an interesting comment from, what's his name, Dr. Chow, uh, the yeah, guy who's always... Pro football doc. Pro football doc. Uh, he had an article that he wrote, which was I, I found interesting that uh, he believes if this is... You can have meniscus tears. You can mm-hmm. have a meniscus tear and like still be fine. Like It happens... I guess a surprising amount. Again, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just reading what other people have <laughs> said. It could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, but that people can have meniscus tears, and this could be an old tear. Mm-hmm. And that if they believe that this is an old tear, then that's actually okay. Right. And that he can actually play, and that's something that can be dealt with through the off season. But that if it's a new tear, that's where the issue is, and that's where you're more likely to have surgery and some kind of immediate intervention. Where and he he believes and again we don't he doesn't have the information Mm -hmm. he's not looking at Embiid and actually no one is you know we don't have any of that kind of stuff but his belief is that since they're opting for like the therapy and the kind of the short-term stuff that it's likely that this could be in uh an old tear that this isn't new that he didn't necessarily get this tear from when he fell the other night but who knows and then all speculation and that's the thing to remember about all of this, too, is yeah. it's, no one has any clue. <laughs> Everyone is just grasping at straws at this point. And, I mean, you had the cryptic Daryl Morey 1.30 in the morning tweet where he's tweeting the, the video from Robin Hood, all was well. Um, and then the the picture from Instagram where Joel posed with the nurse, I think it was, and he just had, like, the compression sleeve on his leg. I took that as, like, it's better than what it could have been because if it was worse he would have had that brace right yeah you know like if you saw him on like crutches or or something like that then yeah like you get what it's just it's bizarre because there's just no clear answer on it um again as far as like the risk of re-injury and stuff like that you just have to trust that that decision is being made with everything in Mm -hmm. mind with joel's health with this team's future all of that like that's that's the decision that has to be made down the line here what worries me is just if this knee doesn't improve, if he's not healthy enough, then that's it. Like you just you, this this playoffs is over. And what if he comes back and he re-injures? Like there's a million now like things in your head about what could go wrong, and it's just it's a disaster. It's just every it's just every way you look at it, it just sucks so much. Um, obviously, it wasn't a meaningless game, but it, like it just it felt like a meaningless game. We we sweep if Joel Embiid is healthy for that mm-hmm. game. Um, and it's just very frustrating. And I mean, they almost came back and won. Yeah, it's just very frustrating. You know, he gets injured in game four of a 3-0 series. Like, it's just of the first round when the entire lead up to the playoffs has been what a good run the, the Sixers have mm-hmm. towards the conference finals. And it's like, all right, like, this is your shot. Like, this is this is as good of a chance as you're going to have of, of reaching an NBA finals or at least being competitive for a championship, like truly being competitive for a championship. And it's just this. Yep. And it's happened so often with the Sixers too, where you have these injuries. I remember in that, um, the 2019 run, like Joel had like back issues, like all throughout the playoffs. Got and sick. It, it, it's, it sparked up in the Toronto series. Like 
God, you know, it's just so frustrating. Last year, you have Ben's back, you know, being injured. He's out for the entire playoffs. And, God, that was four games. So, who really cared? And it was Joel's in the bubble. Joel's face. Joel's face. Like, uh, Markel Fultz, thank you very much. Like, it's just, it just feels like every year you've had, like, these injuries that overshadow the Sixers' runs and, mm-hmm. and really lower the ceiling, in a sense. And it felt like this year could be different. So, it's it's really frustrating in that. And it's really worrying because, ultimately, I have a very bad feeling about all of this i really do and i mean you know obviously the game's already started we'll keep you guys up to date while we're live sixers down 16 to 13 right now but in a game without joel Embiid, we've obviously seen like doc go into the dwight howard the mike scott at the five and you know it's brutal for long stretches putting mike scott at the five is something you want to do in garbage time you want to do it you know in a five-minute spurt at Mike most. Mike Scott is a victory cigar at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, like, having to put Dwight out there when he's getting foul calls for whistling in somebody's ear, it looks like, it, it kind of makes you miss Tony Bradley. <laughs> kind of makes you miss Paul Reed. <laughs> Who's wonder, still here. <laughs> wonder if uh, wonder if he makes an appearance. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's, it's difficult, again, because you don't – Dwight Howard is the best backup center that we've had – in Embiid's tenure mm-hmm. and since we've been competitive and you still don't want to be playing him 25 plus minutes a night right. Monday night's game was frustrating for lots of reasons you obviously have the injury but you know we we obviously are homers so everything we say has some bias to it mm-hmm. but I think the officiating on Monday night was absolutely Horrible. brutal terribly inconsistent there were times where things that were very clearly fouls were not being called um Doc even had that challenge on on mm-hmm. what was called a region. It was a perfectly clean steal, and they called it a foul. But yet, you had those same plays when you watched them live that maybe, if you slowed down and challenged, would have not been fouls. But those weren't called fouls. And it was just all over the place, I thought. And it listen, I'm not getting conspiratorial. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But it just, it felt, it felt, as a Sixer fan, it felt like they really wanted a game five. That's it. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. It really felt like there was just no way we were winning that game. Not a sponsor, but it felt like those rest PayPal's might have been buzzing all night long. Uh, You obviously have the hack of Ben stuff, which is exhausting. My least favorite discussion topic, because that's all anyone wanted to talk about. And that's all anyone has wanted, because the East has no talking points right now. Because Mm -hmm. it's not early. It's still too early to be hyping up the Nets' Uh, Buck stuff like that's going to start in the next few days so that's all there is to to discuss when it comes to the east east playoffs right now pretty much it was was ben stuff he's a common target for like casuals that's not don't read this as me excusing his awful free throw shooting because it's terrible and you can't shoot like that i don't care what doc says about mm-hmm. it actually being you, know, you take the one point per possession bs not per- when you're down not when you're down, and not when you can't stop the other team, because guess what? They don't have to play defense. Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. 
means they can put out whoever they want on the floor who's going to maximize their offense. So right. they, they do what they did, which is score on every possession. Because guess what? They don't have to play defense. They made Robin Lopez look like an all-star. <laughs> they do not have to play an entire part of the game. And they get to rest and just go and execute a clean offense, which they can do. So that's the frustrating aspect. You hope tonight or whatever games that we have left in this series aren't even close enough where that strategy becomes viable. But, man, just it was a brutal loss. It was a brutal night, and it's been a brutal few days. And it's going to continue to be just like just crushing the longer that we have to wait for like some certainty about Embiid and I worry that we're just not we're not really going to get it we're not Mm going to get like the because even if they say that he's ready I will have the seed I know everyone will have the seed in the back of your mind that's telling you like Jesus Christ I hope this does not go completely wrong because I mean again I don't want to get doom and gloom before the doom even happens but I mean if something like serious happens to Embiid you're talking about like that's a franchise altering injury potentially Mm -hmm. again this is completely hypothetical on something that hasn't happened yet and maybe he's healthy by next week and we're cruising against the Hawks who knows right but you just can't play games with your franchise center with your MVP candidate you you just can't and we've done it for too long and it just worries the hell out of me about what that could look like but it's just it's like how unlucky can you get (laughs) and it's just it's brutal, and you know what's even more annoying too is it just fuels the Embiid can't stay healthy thing. It's a free, it was a freak play, like it's not like this dude is like, it's not Anthony Davis where it's like mm-hmm. this this guy's constantly just falling and getting hurt somehow, like and he's just the the strongest wind will just like knock him over and and he's torn his groin again. It's not like muscular injuries either. Like right. It's constantly just these like freak things, just these impact stuff that when you're as big as he is are are more risk. It's just, it's super frustrating that everything with the Sixers has been reduced to just the same old talking points that you just hate to hear as a Sixer fan about Ben not being able to shoot free throws and how much he sucks and how we should trade him for freaking Luke Kennard or something. Like, how much Embiid sucks and that he is not dependable. And it's like, God, I just don't want to hear this again. <laughs> like, this year felt so different. And it just, now it's like, we're right back where we are with the playoffs. Just, uh, it's so hard to care. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're approaching that point. So hopefully it doesn't get there. Hopefully things are better, but I, I do have a, a genuinely bad feeling about where this is heading. I I'm like on the I'm like fifty fifty on like where it could be. Like the I don't think Daryl Morey as cryptic as he can be, I don't think he just randomly tweets that out if he doesn't know something, which I trust if Daryl knows something more than anybody. Like I saw somebody say, Oh, Sixers front office is tweeting their franchise players' medical history, but this time it's good. Um, <laughs> let's get let's get to work on finding Daryl Morey's uh, burner accounts. Then we'll really know. Then we'll really know. Sixers Adam, we're paging you. Um, and then I mean, like that picture getting posted with the just the compression sleeve, like that made me kind of take a a bit of a sigh of relief because we've seen him beat in a brace before, and I think that if it was necessary at the time he would have already had it um but in this game like you need another Tobias Harris like 37 point game you need someone to step up tonight in a, in a very meaningful way doesn't yeah Tobias would obviously be great but if it's Tobias Ben Seth Maxi, Danny whoever, Green <laughs> Danny Green whoever wants to just take the role and just end this series for the love of Christ um yeah I I man <laughs> 
I, I just want it to be over. <laughs> Especially at home, you're in front of a full Wells Fargo yeah. Center for the first time since Game 6 that we were at in 2019. Jesus Christ. Like, that was the last time the Sixers, in a playoff atmosphere at least, had a full court, you know, full crowd and everything. They just need to close it out here. You can't go back to D.C. for Game 6. No. No, you, you just want this series to be done. And Yeah, I mean, you've even heard, like, the Doc stuff about how, like, Doc's going to blow a, now a 3 0 late, and it's like, my emotions can't handle it. I can't I, I do mentally that. can't take it. <laughs> um, I, I don't have the uh, the gumption. You know what's interesting, though, is um, to get on a less depressing topic, I guess, Daniel Gafford has obviously been, like, matched up a lot in this series. And um, I was like, damn, like, I really like Daniel Gafford at the draft. Like, I'm pissed that we didn't get him. So I, I looked through my notes app at uh, my, like, who I wanted the Sixers to target in the draft. <laughs> um and there are four names that immediately I'm like, Jesus Christ, Matt, you might be a genius. Just kidding. These are like, I'm not a genius, but uh, these were like guys I either wanted us to to really try and move up for in the first or like, these are good second round picks. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who's had an amazing rebirth with Houston. Tyler Hero. <laughs> Nicholas Claxton, star of the Nets somehow. And uh, Daniel Gafford. <laughs> uh, Jalen McDaniels is also on this list. <laughs> Who's not having a bad time in Charlotte, I should say. But uh, I don't know, man. Maybe Daryl Morey. Hit me up. because I can, Daryl. <laughs> I can give you five names, and four of the five are okay. <laughs> and, I mean, it was out there, but, like, you were on the Matisse train. I just thought it was funny that um, uh, Nicholas Claxon was on there because, like, I feel like everyone <laughs> is constantly talking about how amazing he is on the Nets, and it's like, I know – that Embiid would turn him into pod roast yes. if, they, if they played. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's been a tough series now. And, man, just losing that game and now just you want to close it out so bad and just have it done with. Just just get it get it mm-hmm. done with. I don't want to see the, the hype train anymore. I don't want Bradley Beal yelling anymore. I, I'm so sick of Bradley Beal. Yeah, you, you do start to get sick of people. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I, uh... <laughs> On the, the last episode we recorded, I, I did it with Richie, and I clipped something, and I, I certainly pissed off some DC sports fans because I said they were all loser franchises. Um, you can check that on our Instagram, but it's true. Like, they, they just have, like, we talked about it. Like, they have this, like, elitism about them that they think they're better than everyone, and Bradley Beal and Rui Hachimura were out there on Monday acting like they just won the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Bradley Beal's ever won a playoff series. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook. Has won one playoff series in the last five years. <laughs> like, so two things go with that. Don't make this his second. <laughs> and I, you know, again, everyone loves to like get hype about Russell Westbrook and like how amazing he is. Mm-hmm. The dude is a serial loser. Yes. So when it comes to the team, right? Of course, he plays amazing. He's a great player. We'll talk about him for years and years and years. But the dude is just not conducive to winning basketball. He just isn't. So, um, I mean, he had a triple double on Monday. His yeah. plus minus was zero. He also shot terribly. He three of he, if you want to, you could say he had a quadruple double because he took nineteen shot attempts. Yeah, like it's just so annoying. Like just how the narrative swings so often with I, whatever. You know, you just hope that this team closes it out. That man on the screen right now, Ben Simmons, has got to be better tonight. And I, I just I like I said, I have a terrible, terrible feeling in my stomach about the rest of these playoffs because. If Embiid's done, this team is not winning a series anymore. They're just not. And I I would really hate for a year that is lined up as good as it has for us. You look at the East. You 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 know that you're gonna have to get through one of the Nets and Bucks. 
who have to go through each other first. I have to go through. So you know, you know, you only have to get through one of them, and then you know, if you can get to the west, I like your chances against anyone coming out of the west. I just do that. And again, that's not often that you have that. Now, I just, it's very, very frustrating. And um, man, it's just, it just sucks because the bubble last year. I, I just did not care. Yeah, I didn't want to watch any of it, especially because the Sixers got swept. So it's like. I had less incentive than ever. I just did not care about basketball anymore. <laughs> Didn't want to watch any of it. And I don't want that to be this year again. Mm-hmm. I like I want to actually be engaged in the playoffs. I want to actually like watch the Sixers play deep in the playoffs. And even if they don't, even if they don't, I want to actually be able to like feel invested. If, if Embiid is out and that's how we get bounced out of this, it's just gonna it's just gonna feel so disheartening. Fluky. It's gonna feel fluky. It's just gonna feel so stupid that that's that's how it all ends. I don't season. want another what if. No, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. You don't want another double doink, triple doink like situation. You, you just, I don't know. I, <laughs> I already googled it. If you can uh, donate your meniscus to someone, turns out you can't. But when you get meniscus surgery, you can donate your meniscus in some way. Um, so there's no way for them to take my meniscus and give it to Joel Embiid. But I would be willing if they find totally if they find the technology in the next 24 hours. But man, I just. It all rides now on Joel Embiid's health, which I mean, it always has, but now it's it's more critical than ever. Yeah, I mean, and like we said, we need somebody to step up, and even though they lost, it was in a fighting effort on Monday. Korkmaz and Maxi, <laughs> the dynamic duo. Why is he taking Maxi off? I did not understand that. Like he was clearly feeling it. He's playing well. He had a, like a great series where he hit that just absolute lob three and then came down the other end and forced a turnover. Like, let the kid play. Let him just He is the spark plug of this team. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little bit bizarre. Um, to Mike Scott stuff, listen, we love Mike Scott. We love Mike. Love him forever. He's our guy. Legend. But, come on. <laughs> I think I think we can just, I think there's better options. I just think there is. Um, like, the Wizards have turned a lot of these games, like, they've turned the, the pace up. They're a team that likes to play fast because they don't have good defense. So you just look at their numbers. They they love nothing more than to make it 135 to 129. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they like. Don't like. Don't trot out someone that can't keep up with that kind of pace. Yeah. When you no longer have them beat on the floor, like you need you need to run. Like you just need to match that tempo. Then. Yeah, I mean, you you had guys. Going at 110% between Korkmaz, Maxi, George Hill was playing well. And then for him to just switch it up and, like, I get you want your quote-unquote best players out there, but when those guys are your best players at that point, let them keep going. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I understand it's not easy to make decisions in that moment. Like, I saw people saying that he should have taken Ben Simmons out, and it's like, you should not coach any sport ever because <laughs> – that is the most surefire way to absolutely tank someone's confidence. Yeah. It's to say you aren't good enough for the moment right now. You are superstar, who's also our best defender on the court, by the way. So let's take our best defender off the court because they're not going to eh, – whatever. <laughs> Just yes. Don't be that stupid. You can be stupid, yeah. but don't be that stupid. There is there is a line. The uh, Like you said, we all need to be Knicks fans for the next – Five I've, days. Listen, I always loved the New York Knickerbockers. <laughs> I think Spike Lee, one of the best directors of our generation. Uh, you know, what more can you say? I, I'm just Julius Randle. I've always believed in him, even though he's shooting 27% uh, in these playoffs. They gave him the most improved player award, and he was like, all right, I'm out. He's going to be an all-NBA all team. Yeah. And, ah, 
It's it's a tough look for him, but maybe he turns it around. Who knows? That series has been a lot of fun to watch. It's been the only one that he's that's been like at least interesting or, or really competitive. Hopefully this series doesn't turn into a competitive one, but yeah. who knows? We we need the Knicks to win the next two at least. Yeah, a game seven there would be fantastic. That that's exactly what the doctor would order. Yeah, I mean, and with Embiid, you hope that that's as long as he needs, and he's good to go by the time. I mean, in a in a perfect world, how many games if the Sixers advance, which we all are hoping happens tonight, do you keep Embiid out in the second round against the Hawks or the Knicks? Who knows? Like it's that's that's what's really uncomfortable for me with this entire situation is he's being listed as day to day but it's a, a small meniscus tear those two in those two designations in my mind just can't possibly fit together and mm-hmm. i know that everyone has now told us that people have meniscus tears all the time and it's just i guess super common who knew but my worry is they're taking this approach and again this is my theory not a doctor not a PT. I know nothing. <laughs> I can name you four bones in the human body. Okay. <laughs> and I only know that because I've broken two of them. <laughs> um. They get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My worry is that they're like going with this approach where it's like, okay, we think it's an old tear. We're going to let him like therapy and rest and let the swelling go down and see where he's at in like a week. And you hope the doctor's able to know that it is an old tear. right that they're able to like correctly diagnose this and whatever that's the first hurdle but then like what if it's still bad or worse mm-hmm. what if it gets worse that's what happened in 2017 with his knee injury it actually got worse and part of that's because he played on it but right. you know like and then it's over you know like it's just it, the, the problem is is like it's not season ending so it's like well it's not right now season right. ending so it's like oh god there's there's you're in this weird purgatory now where there's hope, but it doesn't actually feel like there's hope. Like it, it like for me, it still feels like I'm just waiting for the guillotine to fall on mm-hmm. my neck, and it's like the agony now of waiting for that is just so brutal. But there's also a thought in my mind like someone's gonna come save me, <laughs> and it's Joel Embiid. But I, I'm just not sure that he's gonna make the date. I don't know. It's just that's what's hard about it. It's it's impossible for us to know what his status actually is because we don't really know anything beyond what they told us, which is very little, which is fine. Mm -hmm. So as far as leaving him out for certain games, I don't know. I could say there's a number that I'm comfortable with for not having him for in the next series Mm -hmm. uh, and still winning that series, given he comes back and he's at least 95% healthy. That's the other worry too, is even if he comes back, there's no guarantee that he's like Joel Embiid. Right. I know that everyone's pointing to the clip where he played, you know, a few more minutes after he he fell yesterday, but like Carson Wentz also threw a touchdown on a torn ACL. Thing too is like all the time, like people get hurt and the adrenaline won't let them feel the pain. And even now, he's probably not going to feel any pain because they probably have him on some kind of medication to help. Like it's just 
There's no guarantee that he even comes back as himself. And you need, you need Joel Embiid. If you're going to beat the Bucks or the Nets and then whoever's out of the West, you need a 100% healthy Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. You need him at his absolute best. To win a playoff series, especially as deep as we want to be in the playoffs, if you don't have the best player in the series, it needs to be a very close race between those two players. Like, you need to have the best player in the series, whatever series you're playing, once you talk about conference finals and NBA finals. If you don't have that, your chances of winning are very low. You, if you, And we're not going to have at any matchup going forward, I don't think we'll have... You know, even the second or third best player, you know, especially play the Nets. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. You know, you're going to have like a, a just murderer's row there. So I don't know. I, I, I just I, I worry so much now. It's just going to dominate my life. And I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I wanted this to be way easier than it is right now. It was just. Well, I, I, I still I have. I can feel it in my stomach. I, know. I can feel the, the tense right now in my gut. <laughs> it's just not healthy. <laughs> And, like, it, it, this Wizards team is just so annoying. I just want them to be gone for my life. Just get them out of here and, and just win. Like, you have the best home court advantage in the NBA. Take advantage of it. And you have it at its best right now. There are 20,000 people in the Wells Fargo Center. Use them to your advantage. Let them be part of your game. Oh, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, beautiful. So much. <laughs> uh... And just win this game, close it out, have some time off, give Joel Embiid an opportunity to possibly practice and see what, you know, his his pain management will be, if there is any, and hopefully have him back. Like, there's Seth Curry and George Hill as well, which are which were on the injury report. Yeah. You know, nothing crazy, but it'd be nice also to get, like, a break for everyone. Because Get Danny Green off his feet. Yeah, everyone everyone's playing... You know, through something typically, like at this point of the season, there's usually like some people take elective surgeries mm-hmm. come July and stuff. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to have that break for everyone. And Maxi again, just, just tied start, it up. Just Jesus. Let him stay on the court. <laughs> yeah. It's just been, um, this has been brutal. And I, I just, I want someone to tell me and hold me close and tell me it's going to be okay. <laughs> and that Joel Embiid's going to be back healthy. And, you know, all the preconceived ideas about what this playoffs could be for us are still there and that it can all still happen. But but that's just what's going to be brutal is if that guillotine falls, man, it's just going to be so hard to deal with this one. The last few, like the bubble, I didn't care because Ben was yeah. out. I didn't really care about the bubble stuff. And I was just, I was really jaded about sports in general. We were ready for the off season to hit because we wanted shake up on this. Team. I just, yeah. Yeah. Like it was such a toxic time too, like with Al Horford and like the entire team, there's just nothing. There's no joy yeah. in there. And like the Toronto series, just like, that was just heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Like, and there, there's just, there's just nothing left for you to feel the year before with the Celtics series. Like, all right, that really stung, but that was your first foray really yeah. into like the play. It's just, I don't. I don't want to leave this playoffs feeling like there was unfinished business because that's mm-hmm. the way this will feel if Joel Embiid can't continue. If he can't play again in these playoffs, if this is if this is our season, this is how it ends. It is. It's gonna feel like unfinished business, and there's no guarantee that you have a season like this again. Right. There's no guarantee that you have a number one seed again, especially with how the East is. It took you look twenty years forward. to get it again. <laughs> right. Like it's just not. It's not something that happens. You know, very often for teams. Like unless you have one of the top three players in the league, even then. 
Which LeBron we James do. and Anthony Davis on the same team. Not a number. They're not even. They could go out in the first round. <laughs> like yeah. Obviously, Anthony Davis dealing with his own injury stuff and LeBron too. But you know, like that's just what can happen. The Nets are only going to get better. The Celtics now are retooling their entire front office and head coach. They could. They. I, I think Celtics have plenty of room for improvement. Toronto probably improve. The Bucks looking great. They'll probably improve. Like, you know, you're not going to get the number one seed in the East very often. Yeah. And, and you know, it. I just. I hope. I hope that this is not the end of it. I. I, I can't wish for it enough <laughs> that this is just not. This isn't how it ends because. It'll feel so, so, so cruel. Mm-hmm. It, it just need we need the Knicks to win Sixers just to end this and have as much rest. Yeah, as I've always loved Obi Toppin. I've I've been he's the top guy. I love him. I, I've always loved me some Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, him and his always, disgusting coffee breath, and he looks like always a, gets the most out of his guys. He's he's always one of those cops that's one day from retirement. You know, <laughs> I. Just, I think he looks a lot like uh, what's his name? What's his real name? The Penguin? What? Alexander Cobblepot yeah. or whatever? Uh, he <laughs> looks like him. I thought if you give him like a monocle and a cigar and a little top hat and like Danny DeVito hair, that's what he would be. Yeah, big time. Uh, and with you know the rest of the playoffs, like looking at that Knicks Hawks series, and then obviously you're just waiting for the Bucks and Nets to just go into like the gulag and destroy each other but if it is the Hawks I think you can go the first two games worst case scenario without Embiid and stay in it yeah I I think it's not unreasonable to think that you could the Hawks have looked very good Mm -hmm. and they're they're impressive obviously like a high octane offense We've played the Hawks. It's weird because, you know, so often this year, I think we've only played the Hawks once when Trey Young was there this year. I think we only played them twice. Um, I think we played them three times a season. Three but. times this yeah. But I think at least one of those times they did not have Trey Young. I I, I, didn't, I should have looked up how many times. But, you know, like, it's so hard to tell, you know, this season on, like, what actually mattered, like what mm-hmm. results mattered and what didn't. Like we swept the Nets this season. Right. That's not <laughs> that's not how it's gonna go if we meet in the conference finals, God willing. So I think it'd be a really it'd be a challenging series in a way. Um Trey Young played in the April thirtieth game. I'm I feel pretty certain he didn't play in at least one of them. He didn't play in the, the game before that. Yeah. Um, which the Sixers won one twenty seven to eighty three. Right. Which is not not really the way that you'd expect the series to go. Yeah. Without Embiid, yeah, the, the not having him for the first two games. But again, if you're guaranteeing me that, let's say we split those, and we get Embiid back, and he's ninety five percent and up, then yeah, mm-hmm. I believe I believe we still win that series. I don't think they're that good that you know you can't take. They're like a, you know, a step above this Wizards team offensively. Right. That you, but you can beat that team in a, a five game series. Yes. I believe that. And at worst six. Right. So, I mean, like, that's what it comes – and in a series against the Hawks, you need guys like Ben Simmons, like Tobias Harris, to be clicking offensively. You you can't go into a series where they have shooters all around the court and expect to compete playing the style of, you know, offense that the Sixers do. You need guys to be hitting free throws. You need to go more than 8 of 24 from the field like Tobias did on Monday. Like, you need guys to step up shooting-wise – and those are going to be option one and option two if Embiid's out for any of those Hawks games. Right, and I mean, 
you know, it's not like this Wizards team is some like great defensive team. They're awful defensive. Yes. Like this, the, we shouldn't shouldn't really ha- be having the inefficiencies that we are, you know, seeing through some of these games now. Like it does definitely need to be better in terms of execution from the Sixers. But listen, if you can't beat the Wizards in one of three games, like that's just it. You know, just just sell the team and just move them somewhere else. You know, honestly, but. Yeah, I'm just ready for this series to be over. Hopefully we close it tonight. You know, at least give us some peace in that sense. And, I mean, it's just Embiid watch now. You're just mm-hmm. literally just waiting for the next Embiid alert and hoping and praying that it's something good. But just the vagueness about it right now has me very worried. Very worried. So hopefully we close it out. There's 10.37 left in the half. Sixers are tied 31-31. Jake Milton just made a free throw. Um Clicking on all cylinders, though. <laughs> Phillies hit uh, 17 runs. They yeah, breaking, uh, breaking a great losing streak. Um, they scored all of their expected runs for the month of June in one game. It's great. I love, I love using it all up in one, in one go, as they say. That's fantastic. Um, it's like in college when you have, like, your meal plan, but you also have, like, the – it gives you, like, the $200 or whatever to, like, any on-campus, like, restaurant stuff and, like, you know – semester starts in <laughs> september and by like after labor day you've spent all those two hundred dollars and it's like you have just blown your budget chief um maybe that's what the phillies did <laughs> it was uh it was nice to finally see like an offensive explosion Aaron Nola got his 1000th career strikeout he is the fastest uh phillies pitcher to do so he is also the ninth phillies uh pitcher to ever hit the 1k mark but, like, that was the type of game, although the Phillies have, like, driven us up a wall and, like, give us eternal sadness, uh, that was the type of game that, like, yeah, like, that felt good. It's definitely cathartic in a way, and it feels good to see, like, guys, like, boom, like, breaking out of a slump and McCutcheon it, it's continuing always, to rake. It's always nice when you see, like, those big wins, but um, it just still It feel- needs to be consistent. Yeah, like, I mean, listen, if we could beat every team 17-3, to three, that'd be, like, very, very And cool. even, like, I saw somebody, I forget who it was, but they, they tweeted when the Phillies went up 4 nothing. The Phillies are, like, seven games over five hundred when they score four or more runs. It should not be that difficult with the lineup that they have to put up four runs a night. Well, uh, that was actually the first time since Monday, May 24th that we scored more than four runs. Which is absurd. Which we ironically lost. Six to nine to the Marlins, which is just insane. And that game, I I don't think they scored. I think they scored four runs in one inning. Yeah, it was like nine to two going yeah, into the was, eighth yeah. inning or something like say, that. It was, that was a late game push, wasn't it? Yeah. But like, it shouldn't be that hard to manufacture four runs for this team. You want to guess how many people were at that Marlins game? It was in Miami. In Miami, um, I'll give them seventy two hundred. Oh, brother, you're very generous. Really? <laughs> it's 4,500. Wow. That's, that's that's good for the Marlins, baby. That's, tell you that. that's yeah, wild. I, I'm starting to see why we only score, why uh, we, we have a winning record like that, because we don't get to four and up very often. <laughs> Which is crazy to me. Like... We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, 
Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. This team should be able to – that's the one thing we talked about going into the season. Like, we were nervous about the pitching, and rightfully so. The two guys that they brought in are no longer in the rotation. But, like, we figured this team was going to be able to out-hit and, and score runs. And, sure, there are guys that are injured. Bryce Harper's injured. Uh, you know, JT missed time. Didi Gregorius is on the injured list. But, like, even so, the the only reason this team even has a heartbeat right now is Reese Hoskins. Out of 27 games in the month of May – they only scored four runs, fourteen of those games. So, that's that's brutal. brutal. <laughs> that's not winning baseball. Although, if he keeps his his hot streak going, the Phillies might have more than one All Star this year. Because between Reese and Zach Wheeler, those two guys deserve to be All Stars. Absolutely, absolutely, they do. They've been listen. You can complain a lot. A lot. <laughs> Zach Wheeler certainly can't be on the list, and Reese, I think, has shown himself very well this season. It's strange because people still, like, uh, it's a lot of hate towards Reese Hoskins. He's the Ben Simmons of the Phillies. Definitely, definitely, because he has his limitations, of course. But, um, I mean, ironically, his limitation is defense. Yeah. <laughs> and he's great offensively, whereas Ben is the polar opposite. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a very, very funny comparison there. But, yeah, he, he, does, he, he seems to draw a lot of the ire, and I'm not sure why, because he's never, like, done anything to deserve it. No. It's not like he has, like, a bad attitude. He loves this city. Yeah, like, I don't know. He just seems... And, I mean, he was, like, the... It's, like, one of the few, like, homegrown talents that we've, like... That have worked out. That, yeah, that we, like, have. So, it's it's not even, like, we never really liked him. Like, it's not even, like, a Bryce situation where, like, we just never really embraced him type mm-hmm. of guy. Like, I don't get it. He just has become a weird scapegoat. And I feel team. like Reese, this year especially, you've seen it. He seems to have taken on, like, that leadership role. I think there's a weird Gabe Kapler thing with him, where I think people, like, yeah. associate him with Gabe for some reason. Because he got called up when Gabe was here. Yeah, he like was in I left th- field when he I, shouldn't have been. I, th- I think people just, like, associate him with, like, that era a lot. and people Which d- isn't even fair. No, it's not. But I'm just thinking of reasons, yeah, like, totally. why, like, what the, the psychology of hating Reese Hoskins is. Um, I don't get it, but what are you going to do, you know? It's, there's going to be... It's going to be people hating on players no matter what. I feel like, like I said, it seems like he's taken on that leadership role, too, in the clubhouse recently. Like, he's been more vocal. Like, you had the viral clip of him, like, screaming, like, fuck yeah, like, let's go. Like, trying to get this team motivated to go out and win games. And, like, you haven't really seen that on display from Reese over the past couple years. But, like, I feel like with guys being injured and guys being out, he's felt like, you know, this is this is my team first. I was the the first guy of like this core to be here like I need to step up and and kind of be the guy that's gonna be vocal and we talked about Alec Bohm kind of needing that veteran presence you had Didi Gregorius like consoling him after he dropped that ball the other night and I was like this is exactly what Alec Bohm needs he needs that veteran that has come in faced adversity before because everybody knows Didi Gregorius took over for the most overrated shortstop in Major League Baseball history with the New York Yankees uh to just kind of be there and put in, you know, have somebody's shoulder to lean on. And I feel like Alec Bohm hasn't had that at all to start his major league career. And it was nice to see DD, even though he's not playing, to be like, hey, like, it happens. Like, 
you'll bounce back. It's it's gonna be okay. Yeah, like the the Alec Bohm stuff has been tough uh, as a, as one of the founding members. I think of uh, we're both of us yes. really. Are, He's our boy. We we were angel investors on the, the I told Bohm, Sarah Bohm coin. <laughs> I told Sarah. Linus is your guy's son. Alec Bohm is our son. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We love we love Alec Bohm. That's our boy. He said he hasn't had like the strongest year, but that's fine because guess what? He's young. <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna it's gonna happen. He's gonna have blips. He's gonna have slumps. Like he's gonna have like rough rough goes of it. The important thing is he's getting he's getting reps at the major league mm-hmm. level. That's so much more important than being stuck at you know eating uh, burnt toast like they're <laughs> serving the the minor league players. I want to marry Tyrese Maxey. I could, and how was that not a foul? Oh, oh. my God, Maxey and Bone, <laughs> just it's our boys. He fell to twenty-one. Ty and Alec, like this, just a, <laughs> it's a great sitcom. Those two as roommates or something, but yeah, I mean, Bone is he's obviously struggled this year, but yeah, maybe maybe this most recent game is like a, a good kind of. You just get back into shape type of game for him. He had like the he had the cold start, especially to start mm-hmm. the season, and just kind of struggled with consistency. But listen, you you let the young guys figure it out. That's a foul. How is that not? That's, that's an end one every day of the week. The other night there, there was no flagrant either on that Ben call when he absurd. He practically garroted him on his way to the line. And there, absurd. And Reggie Miller of all people. Yeah, that's who I trust to give the most unbiased take about what it is and isn't. Jesus, get these, listen, I'm so sick. I know we're talking about baseball, but I just got to go back to this. I'm so sick of these 90s guys (laughs) and that the 90s were so much more difficult and that it was so much harder back then. It was so much harder back then. Well, you didn't do that in the 90s. First of all, that's a lie. Uh, Second of all. You did it more. Listen, I was born in the 90s. And this is hard for me to say. That was almost 30 years ago. I mean, 1990 and 1991 were 30 plus years ago. The, the 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 drastic, huge, colossal, mountainous, gigantic, unbelievable, so hard to quantify, huge, huge gap between athletics in the 90s and athletics today and what guys go through today and the kind of like physical like level you have to be at to be at the top level of the NBA is just wildly different. How different is 1960s to the 1990s physically? Look at look at the difference between the players. Look at what they can do. Look at the skills they have. That's the exact difference you're talking about now when you talk about the 90s. I'm done hearing about it. I'm done hearing the old crotch. That's, listen, that's just a good playoff foul. There's no such thing. Yeah. That doesn't exist. It's a foul, and it was flagrant. It made no attempt to play the ball. Oh, my God. It just it burnt me up. That's why I saw, I saw a post or, or a tweet. Uh, a couple months ago it was like that 70s show was made in the 90s for like people our age to look back when they were that age in the 70s and if it was made now it would be about the 90s and i'm not ready to accept that fact. i'm sure it's coming now i i mean the gen z's they love the 90s stuff they love like uh we love a friend's reunion they love yeah they they love like y2k music and like fashion all stuff that i never thought i'd see like they're gonna bring like mud jeans back and stuff. Like it's just, <laughs> Paul Frank monkeys will be roaming the earth. Soon. You know, you know what's really bizarre to me is is growing up like kids that wear Crocs. Like you beat up kids that wear oh, Crocs. Oh yeah, you like, got that bullied. Was, like, you were like a goober if you wore Crocs, and yeah. now that's the thing. Like all like all these all these TikTok kids want mm-hmm. Crocs, and I'm like, brother, we used to like 
hit people that wore Crocs. <laughs> like, not just, like, lightly. Like, these people were, like, mentally, physically abused. <laughs> just kidding. I never did that. But I'm just, like, Crocs are so clowned on, and now yeah. they're, like, the thing. It's just bizarre to me. But I'm sure, you know, we did the same thing with trends. I'm sure that, you know, our older generations would like to be like, we used to stuff kids in lockers for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're doing I mean, we that, did it with snapbacks. We had bad fashion. Yes. Like, which I thought about Y2K stuff, but now I see it and I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. But like, there's stuff that I don't see ever coming back. Uh, fitteds. Don't need fitteds. Yeah. Fitteds could stay in like the 2005 to 09 <laughs> era. Um, like, those really ugly, like, uh, acid wash jeans. Oh, they're the worst. Uh, but just, they're making a comeback. Yeah. And then, like, those ones that were, like, ribbed. Yep. Those Seen were those weird. recently. Um, we don't need boot cut jeans back. No. We, we, we don't need a lot of it back. It can all kind of stay. And I don't think it'll ever be cool. And what's weird is, like, that stuff was a lot of, like, stuff based on 80s. Like, mm-hmm. there's, a, like, people brought back, like, the snapbacks, right? And brought back, like, the, um, like the big like like varsity jackets of like sports teams. Fanny packs came back. Yeah, like uh God, what's the um the starter jackets yep. were like popular again. Like there's lots of that kind of stuff. So it's just it's funny though, like you hear it growing up at the time, like your parents say, your grandparents will say it, like you know, like it all just save your clothes because yep. it's all like History works repeats in, itself. It, yeah, it all just cycles back in and it's true. But it's just funny that you see kids now like wearing stuff that's like my sister wore that and I thought she was a doofus. <laughs> Like we should convince them that trip pants were actually really cool. <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, the the pants that had the zippers and turned into shorts. Yeah. Guarantee they'll be back in a year. I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure. Uh, what's her name? Hot Shell Ray. What's her name? Charlie Rose? What's I don't remember her name. <laughs> Charlie Demorio, <laughs> something like that. Oh man, Charlie Demilio. Yeah. Charlie the D'Amelio sisters. Whatever. I'm sure she's going to have uh, zip zip pants at some point. With Kendall Jenner. With Kendall Jenner. And she's going to be handing a Pepsi and solving racism. And Devin Booker will be walking into uh, the next round with them on. Hey, listen. <laughs> if, he car- if he carries them past the Lakers, good for him. Facts. He can do whatever he wants. That was one hell of a game by the Suns, by the way. It was. It's been, you know, the playoffs. Oh, we're watching Joel Embiid on the court. Pre-game. Pre-game. Taking shots. Oh, God. I remember going to a Grizzlies Sixers game when Embiid was still that. in hibernation. And he was, I remember me and Sarah walked down. We got there very early. And we walked down, and people were doing like their warm up routines. And Joel Embiid was out there. And I pointed at him and I said, Sarah, that man is going give to us, give us the happiest moments of our life. <laughs> and she thought I was a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember watching him warm up, and I almost cried. I'm almost crying thinking about it. I was like, this man is going to make it all worth it. I just know it. And he has. He has yes. so far. So, Jesus Christ, I hope he's okay. <laughs> I, I think that also was a good – because, like, in previous years when Joel has been injured, whether it was the playoffs or not, he's not on the court. He's in no, street clothes. Yeah. He was in, like, pregame attire there, like wearing the, the team-issued tank top and shorts and everything. I think that's also a very good sign in terms of, like – the day-to-day designation being the choice. Because I think, like we say, we trust Daryl Morey with our lives. If it was more than that, I think it would have been put out there as, like, he's at, he's week-to-week, yeah, not day-to-day. It's just That's just how I interpreted it on, like, that notification coming on my phone, like, son of a bitch, like, he's out. But then I saw day-to-day, and I was like, okay, is this, like, a Joe Girardi, you know, competitive advantage thing 
which makes more sense in a playoff series than it does in a, a meaningless May baseball game. What a beautiful shot. Seth Curry, love you. But that's what I, I, I feel like Daryl Morey would be upfront about something with Joel because Joel Embiid is one of the main reasons he came here in the first place. Right. So yeah, I, I agree. And you have to hope that you just have to hope that everything's going to just got to believe that's what that's like that share song. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it, it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be like biting my nails and until this game is over. Woj really like, uh, uh, I saw the the Davis birth hands mm-hmm. tweet, and I just I was scrolling through Twitter. It happened it like happened to pop up on my timeline like recent, like right after he had tweeted it, and I saw like the four to six weeks, and I was like, "This is it! Like this is just how it goes, isn't it?" It's like I'm gonna have to walk just into traffic today. Today's gonna have to be the day, isn't it? Like, <laughs> um, but it's about Bert. Like I didn't even know birth hands got hurt. <laughs> it didn't even seem that serious. Like no. I know he I know he left the game, but like. I was perplexed by that one. That's what that's what happened, man. You join Al Qaeda, things like that <laughs> happen to you. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, you know, Dame Lillard is having one hell of a game when Woj is live tweeting. Yeah, I, I, so it's impossible for us yes. to watch those games because they start at like I don't know one one a.m. Um, it must be nice to be like on the West Coast or like even like Mountain Time and like have like those games on at like a reasonable hour. Why, like, just give Tyrese Maxey just the car keys. Just give him everything. <laughs> give him the keys. Oh, Brad Beal, are you, are you exasperated, Brad Beal? I wonder if this is going to be what, like, convinces Brad Beal, like, I have to. That's a clean block. What are they arguing about? Jesus Christ. Um, I wonder if this is going to be, like, what convinces Brad Beal that, you know what? This is it. I don't I'm know. Gonna... I think he's content with mediocrity. I don't. <sighs> Whatever. I feel like he he is just. I know. I think Ryan future, future Heat player Bradley Beal. He him fits and Jimmy Butler. Culture. Uh, Ryan tweeted like you know, Br- Bradley Beal is the epitome of when his team is down three zero and the other team's best player is gone, he becomes Michael Jordan. Because that's exactly what he does. When yeah. when everything is clicking right, that's when Brad Beal turns it on. But if he's facing adversity, like he just doesn't want to be there i don't know what it is with him i'd love him on a sixers time <laughs> <laughs> oh, it man. is it is insane to watch some of these guys in the playoffs and like when the lights shine the brightest like you kind of see like who they are as a player i'm just looking at wearing uh philly statistics um so we know obviously how bad the home and road splits are for this team at home we're 15 and 10 on the road we're 11 and 19 you want to guess now you know fair to be fair we've played five more games on the road so far this year you want to guess how many runs we've allowed on the road it's triple figures i'll give you that i figure so you have at least somewhere to go with this i'm gonna guess 201 oh you were 147 201 okay. would be colossal <laughs> um that's compared to 99 at home not five less games but uh that's even huge. still like that's a huge difference <laughs> wow just a casual difference of 48 wow because like even add five games in if you give up five runs a game in those 
It's still not getting there. Nope. That is brutal. in 30 games. That is brutal. What, what does that average out to? Like almost five runs a game? 147 in 30 games? Just about, yeah. 4.9. Good math by me. Yeah. You could win Survivor with that kind of math. <laughs> that is insane. Let's hope June is better to us than May. It already is. It's it's gonna it be hard. Is. It's gonna be hard for our run differential to uh you give we give us a nice fourteen buffer to start the month. What, month. what did that put our run differential at now for the season? That's the because I'm sure we were negative beforehand. <laughs> um, let's do let's play our favorite game and look at the NL East run differential. <laughs> uh, let's see MLB baseball standings. What do we got? National League. Give it to me. We've got. <laughs> a negative 19 <laughs> you want to hear how stupid the NL East is here we go NL East led by the New York Mets with a run differential of plus 5 <laughs> the Braves in 2nd with a negative 5 the Phillies in 3rd with a minus 19 the Marlins with a plus 6 and the Nationals with a minus 21 let's look at some other division leaders uh, the oh my god, minus nineteen, and they scored seventeen fucking runs yesterday. <laughs> they were at they were at thirty three minus thirty three because unbelievable. Uh, the Cubs leading the way in the Central with a plus thirty three, very nice. The Cardinals at plus one in second place. All right, this one's gonna be an eye popper. <laughs> San Francisco Giants led by our our boy Gabe Kapler, plus sixty two. Yep. The Padres plus eighty. The Dodgers plus seventy two. It gets really hot, though. The Rockies, <laughs> minus 42, <laughs> and the Diamondbacks, minus 52. Holy shit. Let's take a look at the AL here. The Rays, plus 61. The Red Sox are plus 41. The Yankees, plus 10. The Blue Jays, plus 46. Jesus. And the Orioles, minus 65. Uh, White Sox leading the way with a healthy plus 79, the only plus run differential in the division. This is interesting. The Athletics... Minus five run differential leading the way, but the Astros in second with a plus 61 run differential. That's bizarre. You don't see that very often, that kind of disparity, but the rest of the division is... um, Offense rules. Well, that's what's strange, too, is you have all this stuff about the, uh, like, the, this, this bubble that is bursting within the MLB about pitchers cheating and putting uh, pine tar on their hands or other foreign substances. Foreign substances. Whatever that means. Uh, I didn't know this was TSA. I thought it's, it's bizarre. Um, JT Romuto openly talking about it, too. Yeah, it's it, it's very strange because it seems like a weird angle because everyone knows about it and everyone's talking about it, but like nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's been articles about it. I remember there was an article like a month or two ago about like the strikeout epidemic in the MLB right now. And part of that is analytics driven, but also like something weird going on. But who knows? Feels like every year there's always some kind of thing like mm, the balls are juiced this year. Like this year we're letting the pitchers spare Were the they balls. though? Because it certainly didn't seem that way at Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> well, nothing, nothing good has been happening there for a while now. So it, uh, but yeah, I mean, are they doing Hackaben in the second quarter? Yes, they are. Wow. He's I one know. of two. That's great. Here we go. Live. Well, well, Doc Rivers will tell you that uh, that's great. Live Ben Simmons free throw reactions to end the episode. Scott Brooks staring stoically. 
Ben Simmons, for the love of Christ, please. Please. I right, we, we go. Just, we might stay live because <laughs> if, if, if this is what it takes, then I don't care. I'll stay up till. Come on, Ben. Till the cows come home. Come on, Ben. You got this. I believe in you, kinda. Come on, Ben. No, I always believed you, Ben Simmons. That's what he needed. Two to for hear. two. I think that's the first time he's gone two. For, that's definitely the first time he's gone two for two this entire playoffs. There we go. I mean, we're going to have to make a call right here about staying alive because I believe in that kind of stuff. So. I, I am about. There's 257 left in the half. <laughs> two two millennials watching basketball. <laughs> Welcome to our pod. Oh, my God. Are they going to do it again? Scott Brooks, you coward. If you're going to do it, commit to it, you absolute punk. Please just nail a three. <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. That is a beautiful possession. Tobias Harris. I want nothing more than Ben Simmons to shoot a three tonight. That would be beautiful. hundred Or if he like you know what they could do? Is because since Good. they're hacking him, I'm sure someone else has thought of this idea before. Pass him the ball and have him attempt a three. Yeah. Send him the line for three. Let's see if your analytics, Scott Brooks, Mr. Genius. What do we got going on here? Are they calling this a good block? Look pretty clean. They, to call me. It, they called Thibault for a foul, which is debatable in my in my view, but not worth the challenge. Fair enough. Brad Beal at the line. I hate Brad Beal. He really has become a villain here. I'm kind of indifferent to him now that I'm, I'm thinking about it a little bit more. Because like when he inevitably forces a trade and goes to like one of the LA teams or something, because it's like totally cool too. That like, listen, I'm all for player empowerment, but um. There comes a time where, as a fan, it does get a little exhausting when you see just, like, just every player just going to, like, these big market teams. And it's like, what hope does anyone have? <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to watch the Nets and the Clippers. No. <laughs> I just don't. Not at all. And, like, they don't have fans. So, <laughs> why should I? One of those has to pay people to go to their games. I don't want to hear about it. The other one has a promo code. Yeah. <laughs> which one's which? <laughs> One of those gets deferential treatment because the team that they share a stadium with is way more famous and better than they'll ever be. So, does it feel like every Wizards player is just pulled off the street? Yeah, like every bench player they have just well, looks like a normal like, human. It's kind of like the Phillies uh, bullpen approach is Fair. that you fan of the night gets to suit up and play hack a pen. Although now they're they're hacking Tobias Harris, not an analyst. Like I, I don't think I've seen this Gills guy that just checked in in my life. Um, he looks like a, a very generic, like, 2K character. 1,000%. He looks like the starting model. Yeah. Like, 
if you just chose like beard, that's what <laughs> that's, that's there. That's what it looks like. He's like the new new age bitmoji. <laughs> yeah, they're a little creepy. I don't care for them very much. All right, let's let's end this half Come well. Come on, Sixers down fifty five fifty three right now. Wizards on the ball. Russell Westbrook ill advised jump shot. Of course he hits it, but you live with that. Russell Westbrook has a tendency to shoot his way out of games. <laughs> Sometimes when an idiot pulls a gun, you let him shoot himself. You know? You just let him do it. Come on, Ben. Wow. What a Ooh. beautiful move by Ben Simmons. That was beautiful. That's what you need more of. They call a foul as well? I think so. We were watching without audio. We're just not, we're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone. We're not trying to get DMCA'd. For anyone who's still here or still listening at this point <laughs> in the pod to us. We don't want to get DMCA'd on Twitch. Um, wow. Come on, Ben. You've, you've not missed a free throw since we've been commentating. So let's see it. Also, I think we, we didn't talk about this one. The Wizards trying to use Meek Mill lyrics in their, uh, their final scorecard. Great troll job by the Sixers letting Meek ring the bell tonight. Yeah. They, uh, they also trolled the Wizards account as well because they're talking about how it's their first game in June. and uh, they, Yeah, NBC Sports tweeted yeah, that. They, we played a game in June they, banner. Yeah. Listen, not many teams have that. I mean, it's our first time in June for a long time too, yeah. so I respect it. Ben did miss that free throw, so, you know. Great block. It's a great defensive possession by the Sixers again. Just going to halftime with the lead. That'd be great. There okay, it is. Thank you. Thank Let's you very go. much. What a great shot, Tobias. Tobias as well. Tobias, Get the fans involved. Tobias sometimes his one looks like a four, and I'm always like a little yeah. confused. I'm like, who, who am I rooting for I right now? I thought Horford left. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you needed. Get the fans involved in this last Oh, oh God. my God. No. Danny Green is down. It looks like maybe he's not actually hurt. It's just kind of like, uh, yeah. He's getting back up. Kind of like a funny bone thing. He just took a bad impact from... Uh, dirtiest player in the league, Bradley Beal. Yikes. Oof. That certainly that didn't, didn't look, look great. great. <laughs> <laughs> he's up and he's walking. <laughs> and he hasn't... He's uh, uh, kind of walking. <laughs> <laughs> and he just reacted to watching his leg do what it did on the, uh, the jumbo Megatron in uh, the Wells Fargo Center. I think they call it the, uh, the Ultratron now. Might be. Age of Ultratron. <laughs> now it's 4K. <laughs> I think it's an 8K, whatever that means. Those uh, I truly don't understand. Those numbers are made up. Yeah, me and Sarah have been looking for a TV because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we need a TV. And, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know what to look for in a TV exactly. So I look up, you know, like, what do I, what should I be looking for? They're like, you need 4K, 8K. You don't want UHD. I'm like, I don't know what any of those mean, but okay. And it's like, you want 120 hertz, not 60 hertz. I'm like, sure, okay. And so I'm telling Sarah this. I'm like, hey, we should look for 120 hertz. She's like, why? I was like, it's something with like the refresh. <laughs> it makes it smoother. It's like, am I, I don't know, babe. I just know that we need 120 hertz. The nerd online told me we need 120 hertz. <laughs> am I buying a TV or a car? <laughs> it does. It Listen, it's, it's getting increasingly complicated to buy material things because... 
they, they have all these acronyms that mean nothing to me. I just <laughs> I just want a TV, and I don't want one that comes with Alexa installed or that makes you right. buy an Alexa with it. I don't want her listening. I don't want Jeff Bezos listening to me and uh, my fiance talk. I just don't <laughs> want it. I, I'd like to keep him out of our lives as much as possible. But man, what a time! And my our favorite Mike Scott in there the game. He is. Getting his. This is where you want Mike in the game. You get his 49 seconds at the end of the half. Seth Curry at the line. Game is tied 59 59. Seth Curry, you can make me much happier. Thank you, Seth Curry. Text your brother. It's on the. You up? Oh my God. Oh. Danny Green with a steal on Westbrook. That was yes. certainly a foul, but Danny Green gets the bucket off the steal. Beautiful. Russell Westbrook imploding what at the fraud. end. He loves the turnover when the uh, it's under a minute left in either half. Absolute flop. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. Russell Westbrook throws himself to the ground. One of the just the softest players this that generation. That was ridiculous. What a steal, though, by Danny it's Green. It's great. Great awareness. You love that from Danny Green. So clean. It's just a great effort, great defensive play. That definitely was a foul. I, I thought he got a very large piece of his arm. Come on. That was not a foul. <laughs> Westbrook at the line. He's four for ten, folks. But he's so good because, you know, he like triple doubles and stuff. He's the best to ever do it. Yeah. Certainly. He's the best stat patter I've ever seen in my life. Mike Scott, out of the game. <laughs> Thank you for your 13 seconds, Mike Scott. <laughs> oh, man. So who's in now? It's... Tobias, Ben. Tobias, Ben, Danny, Seth, Seth. and... <sighs> Some kind of mix-up now. Is it Korkmaz? Yes. Korkmaz. With his Korkmaz Tiffany hi- blue shoes. He's hiding. Doc looks bewildered by something because Seth Curry just picked up a foul going up for a rebound. His favorite son. How is that a foul? <laughs> what? I mean, I know when you watch it in slow-mo, it's so much harder than when you watch it live. I get that. I'm willing to give refs some benefit of the doubt, but that is... That's uh, horrendous. That's a bad call. <laughs> Those are the type of, oh like, quote-unquote fouls you just let play in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, off-ball stuff, like going for rebounds and loose balls, just let them... As long as it doesn't get, like egregious let him go after it a little bit like what's the harm how old Neto looks like he just rolled out of bed I mean that's the way he's always looked Sixers with the ball down one this is most likely going to be the final possession of the game come on balls in Seth Curry's hands Seth please for the love of Christ send us in with the lead Sixers definitely looking for the last shot passing out of that me either but you get a good look and a three from danny green Let's from go. the corner wizards now with three oh. and a half seconds i have no idea what human just bowling happened. pins danny green i think someone i don't i could own the foul line uh westbrook and beal are arguing something as always and the fans are getting into it danny That's green is giving it a little bit oh Trying yeah to, oh danny oh. green give him the flap yeah. back yes i love flopping 
to be fair, I mean, yes. Westbrook does extend his arms fully into uh, his midriff. That's his own fault. You can't do that. Danny Green <laughs> fell to the ground and was just like, father, stretch my hand. It's, it's like in football, you know, when like wide receivers. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Oh, he would have loved it. But listen, you take it. Two point lead at the half. We'll take can't it. extend the arms, Russ. Come on. Beautiful play by Danny. You love to see it. That was there amazing. it was. There's our debut. It's, it, there it is. That's, you know, you've heard of Mark and Allah, but listen, we could not do their job. They they are our inspiration. Uh, as always, guys, make sure you're following us on social media because you'll get clips of all of this play-by-play. Uh, for context, if you're listening to the audio version at Underground PHI, which, knock on wood, man, applied to get us verified. Oof. So we should know in the next week. Next week's show, we should probably know if we're verified. Because you'll see a blue check marker not next to our name. Uh, at Underground PHI, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you feel about this Joel Embiid situation. If you think the Phillies uh, spent all of their month of June runs in one game and anything else in between, let us know how you felt about our uh, our live commentary as well. Five stars only, though, because we have standards. We know you do, too, and we know they're five stars. Check out our family podcasts across the board. Uh, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on your favorite podcast app. And we will be back probably from a hotel room, myself and Harrison, in Boston for the next episode uh, as we're going to cover the Premier Lacrosse League. We'll be at Gillette Stadium this weekend. So stay tuned for all of that content as well. And then Matt and I will be here next week, hopefully talking about a Sixers, Hawks, or Knicks series. And Joel Embiid our being Knicks, okay. Our Knicks up 27-23. By the time we listen to this, you'll know if... We're right to be happy or not. Let's go. The series could still definitely be over tonight. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI for all the live shows as well. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends at uh, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Vodka. All three websites, same promo code. Tomahawk Shades, you get 25% off with our promo code USP at checkout. Manscaped.com USP promo code gets you 20% off and free shipping, plus a big old thank you from your balls. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com with promo code USP. And of course, get those vodka sodas. They are here. They are going to be the drink of the summer. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And big thank you to our new sponsor, Kenwood Beer. Find yourself a Kenny with the Kenny tracker at Kenwood Beer. Uh, just search them online. Pull up the website. They got all the good stuff coming. And uh, very excited to have them on board going into the summer. And uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 334. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Go Sixers. I'm